Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Sefran. And today, in the spirit of experimenting and trying new ideas and different things, we're really going wildly off uh, topic today. And we're talking about visiting Japan.、Mm. Um, or more specifically, you visiting Japan.、Um, yes. Because、uh, it is something you've done a whole bunch of times. And this is also. Really good timing for me on a, on a selfish personal level because I'm currently planning a trip to Japan in、wow. February. It's October at the time of recording, so a few months away yet. So, this is a great、uh, time for me to ask some questions and <laughs> find out a little bit more. Absolutely. And I'm more than happy to oblige. <laughs> yeah, I know. We've already, we're already going to the same hotel as you and, yes. <laughs> and following your <laughs> rules on the flights. <laughs> well, I really, really didn't want to like. Push just my trip onto you. No, I'm more than happy to do that. I love I love just following someone else's trip. It, was, it just it was such a success. And、uh, you know,、yeah. the, the first time we went, I, I visited、uh, Japan. I, I went to, to Tokyo exclusively, with the exception of a day trip to Kyoto. And that was in 2008. Wow. Like, what? That was mad. That's mad. That's nearly 10 years ago. ago by the、yeah. time like, that people listen to this episode. And it doesn't feel like it either. It feels like I was only there for the very first time, like yesterday, sort of. Yeah.、Um, even though I've been like six times now, I think, in total. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of made you decide to go in the first place? Like, why did you want to go to Japan? Well, I think for a lot of Westerners wanting to go to Japan for the same sort of reasons, it was fairly cliche.、Uh, and initially, it was things like my interest in kind of video games. That、yep. was one of the big things. I mean, I was a big gamer from a very, very young age. Like, I got my first console when I was like four, I think. And then from then on, I was just like obsessed with video games. And everything that you see in video games that are made in Japan is you can, you can feel it's Japanese culture kind of eager through. Like, when you played those old like,、um, like shoot 'em ups and they had like very traditionally Japanese kind、mm. of like almost cliches in them. Yeah. Like, one of the games that stands out the most for me was、uh, Parodius. Parodius. I don't know if you ever played、mm. that one, which was, hence the title, a parody of Gradius.、Yeah. Uh, and there were so many sort of like, it was such a Japanese comedy game. And I didn't get the comedy, but I still was like, this is really interesting. I really like the idea of Japan. So that sort of like in, ingrained my interest in the country and、uh, visiting it from quite a young age. And then that slowly sort of like came to a more forefront when like I understood that. Japan was like a technology kind of like center、mm. as well.、Mm. Uh, and again, I, I'm quite a techie guy, quite enjoy my tech. And then as I got a bit older, kind of like into my、uh, young teens, I, I like discovered anime for the first time as well. Like, I didn't know what it was. Like, I just knew it was like this kind of style of cartoon that looked really weird and different, but I really liked it. <laughs> and it all seemed to come from Japan, apparently, when I did some research. This is like watching things like, you know, Dragon Ball and Pokemon、mm. and stuff like on Saturday morning TV. Yeah. And then. I kind of just eventually decided, like, I wanted to go. And、uh, a friend of, well, both of ours actually, because obviously、mm. we both went to school with,、uh, with Ash,、uh, Pakamak. We were both sort of like, you know, big into that kind of culture. And it was very much like a, a nerd trip. The yeah, first time like a nerd、uh, pilgrimage, right? Yeah, very much. And I'm not going to like pretend, like, oh, I went because I was really interested in the culture when I was, you know, 18 years old and obsessed、yeah. with anime and manga and games. Um, the very first time I went, it was very much a case of, oh my God, I must go to like anime mecca, so to speak, which we,、yeah. we, which we did. 
that was sort of the original kind of reason for wanting to go. But subsequently, every time I've been, it's been less for that and more for the fact that I just adore the country and the culture mm. and the people and the food. Oh my God, the food. Mm. <laughs> so... I think whatever reason that you end up deciding or wanting to go to Japan with, like, and I, I hope today's episode maybe even gives you, like, you know, convinces you to go or gives you inspiration to want to visit yourself. I think any reason's okay. And I think it, you will change your reasons over time as well. Because if we've got sort of like, you know, younger listeners, I say younger listeners, like, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds who maybe are in the same position as me, that's great to go. And in fairness, it's even easier for you to go now than it was then. But equally so, like I had my uh, my uncle, he he visited this year, primarily due to kind of like things I'd spoken to him about and mm. uh, like pictures I've shown him. But also from watching, I think there was a, a Joanna Lumley documentary on BBC or oh, something okay. uh, mm. about her kind of visiting and he really liked the look of it. So he went there. So I, I don't know, it's hard to describe. It's one of those things which almost evolved for me, wanting yeah. to go and why I wanted to go. And everyone seems to have a slightly different reason. But when you've gone, everyone's like, this is just the best place ever sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's very much the world's best kept secret, I'd say, for, for holiday destinations. Yeah. And it's something which I think is becoming more and more known, but it's still such a rarity. Like whenever you talk to someone about it, like I'll, I'll go to work or something and I mention, oh yeah, I really like going to Japan. Like, that's weird. Why would you go to Japan for a holiday? And then I tell them like, oh my God, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny as well, because there's something you've mentioned to me before about how like, you know, the... the people in Japan are very, are very proud of their country and sort of mm. and like it when people visit. And yeah. I think that that's something that people don't necessarily know or, or, or realize either, despite the fact that the culture is so different and it's a very yeah. different place to, to, to over here in the West. It's, it's still interesting that they're kind of, you know, they like the fact that you, you've chosen to visit, mm, um, which definitely. is really interesting. Like, unless you're being incredibly obnoxious, for the yeah. most part, Japanese people love people visiting their country yeah particularly in like the the big cities as well i guess because like they're used to seeing it there and you could go anywhere and you might you might get a couple of like turned heads so to speak if you're in the middle of the countryside and there's just you wandering through and everyone's like um why is there a western here because (laughs) it's i think i I think i'm using the word right i think it's the most is it homogenized country is that the word like it Mm. has the lowest sort of diversity of original ethnicities in the whole world almost i think like it's like 98 percent of the people that live there are like native japanese uh and so they love people visiting their country as long as you're not like i say just completely obnoxious about when you're there which Mm -hmm. i imagine unfortunately some people probably are you're going to have a great time and they're going to be very welcoming of you to want to experience what they have to offer because it's a hell of a country to offer as Mm -hmm. well so when you went obviously that was a while ago now and you were you know you were a teenager still Yes. Yeah. I was um, eighteen, so look, yeah. Depends how you look at it. Top end. Top end of teenager. Um. So what? It's a long way away, right? Like it. It. It's. It's not super cheap to go. So what was mm. it like? You know, planning and, and and booking it, and what? What are the things that you sort of should keep in mind when you are booking a trip? Well. I was sort of, at the time, I was working full time between uni. Like I'd just finished my first year of uni, I was taking a break, and I'd kind of made the decision that I wanted to go between sort of my my gap year at uni so to speak mm. even as just a holiday like I, w- I would have gone for like a like a six month working holiday sort of thing but i was like no no no, i'm happy to just go as a holiday sort of thing yeah. first so i just started saving money and i wasn't quite sure how much to save so i just sort of kept saving but then i started to look into booking it and 
it was myself and, and Ash, like I say, and we were looking to book it around, I think it was like October, November time the year beforehand. Like that's how much advance we were doing it. And I think I yep. suggested the same thing to you, didn't you, when you were looking yeah, to book yeah. And it ended up being considerably cheaper than we expected it to be. Like the flights, bear in mind this is in 2008, so obviously inflation is a thing, but um, the flights for us were around £700 return, mm-hmm. which don't get me wrong, it's not chump change you know that's a, a good chunk of money for someone um but that's a lot less than we anticipated it being considering the fact that you're from from the uk at least anyway and obviously the same from the, the united states you're flying to the other side of the world pretty much yeah you know it, it's almost like on the other side of the whole planet um you know it's 12 hour flights if you fly directly and it's more like 15 hours if you um you take like kind of a, a layover somewhere we Ended up, I think, budgeting about £2,000 for the whole trip um, mm. for flights, accommodation, and sort of spending money. And you could get away with less if you weren't, like, looking to kind of spend lots of money on just stuff. Like, we ended up spending, like, quite a lot of money on, like, you know, gaming and anime kind of, like, merchandise because yeah. first time there we went a bit mad. <laughs> um but you could do it on less, but you could also do it on a lot more as well, depending on, like, how far you want to eat, like, what kind of places you want to stay in. And, and we we sort of looked out, in fairness, when we were booking this trip. We we were, well, I say we, I was looking online on like, you know, price comparison websites for like hotels and stuff. And I hadn't got a clue at this point. Like, I've, yeah. I've never been, I know about the country through sort of word of mouth and a little bit of research, but I have no idea where to stay. We wanted to go to Tokyo, like that, because it just makes sense, right? Because if you go to a country the first time, generally speaking, the first place you go to is the capital city. Mm. Um, not always, obviously, but. Yeah. So we were going to we were going to Tokyo. We had no idea where to stay in Tokyo. We had no idea how to get there. We had no idea what to do when we were there. We just knew we wanted to go. <laughs> um so in the end I ended up just sort of like looking around. So this hotel looks quite nice. Like it's really, really well priced, considering like it looks like a fancy business hotel type of one, rather than like a it's not it wasn't like a little B and B or something, it was like a prop a full on sort of like Western hotel sort of thing. Yeah. And it is like, I was like, well, it's a Western hotel. It means that we'll be able to get access to, um, you know, help a bit easier because like, they'll be more used to having tourists there. Yeah. Uh, and that's definitely even more the case nowadays, i got to say as well. Like going back just last year in 2016, it, it's like day and night in that sense as well. And that although it was quite easily and, it, and accessible for us in 2008 for sort of like being English, not speaking the language very much, that kind of thing. In 2016, it's it you you don't need to speak the language or even have much understanding of the culture. Like it helps too, obviously, but mm. everything is so easy and like everyone is so accommodating for you wanting to visit. Especially if you end up going to one of these maybe like big tourist orientated hotels. Yeah, but we ended up staying in uh, Shinjuku, which is sort of like the kind of the main transport hub of the city. It's also mm. like where one of the main nightlife area nightlife areas are. And again, it was just sort of by chance that we booked this this hotel called the Sunroot Plaza Hotel uh, in Shinjuku, which I think is where you decided to stay, isn't it? Yes. So yeah, the fact that we found this really lovely hotel that was like super easy to get to and on such a good price is really interesting. I don't know why we were able to, but it was. And that sort of helped dictate the rest of the trip as well, because that sort of decided where we were going to stay in the city itself. And it also decided like our budget for us. And... It really helped us as well when we got there. And that sort of, 
this is sort of where the trip begins is not when you reach the country, but when you start setting out, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I guess everyone's had the same sort of experience where like you've got to travel to the destination first. But when you say you maybe go into like a holiday resort in like Spain or something, or when you go maybe go into like United States as a, you know, just a going to Disney World or something like that, you know, I don't know. It, it feels like a fairly standard affair because it's a very well-traveled route, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, you, you sort of book everything through one thing, don't you? Like, you go onto, like, a a, a travel agent's website or through, like, um, like, a company that does specifically holidays for this reason. Mm. And it's all just done through one thing and that sort of it. Whereas, like, for this, we, we did it all separately. So the hotel was booked separately. The flights were booked separately. We kind of did everything on our own back. And that was one thing I meant to mention, actually, as well, is that there are plenty of opportunities to go with sort of like these sort of tour companies who will take you, they will organize where you go and where you stay and like all that kind of thing. And there, there is merit to that, being able to like be shown around so you don't have to kind of like worry about what you're wanting to do. But I have heard from a friend who has done one of these trips that the only downside is, is that it's a little bit of a kind of like a military exercise sort of thing you never really get a lot <laughs> yeah. of time to yourself and to me that feels less like a holiday more like just work yeah know. so that's not i i wouldn't recommend it myself but it is something you can do and i know a lot of places like offering fairly good deals now like because more and more people are becoming interesting visiting yeah i actually saw that there's slightly tangential but japanese airlines are advertising uh have been quite heavily advertising flights to japan uh in london recently mm. That's sort of something that in all the time I've been commuting to London, I've never really seen. And then no. I don't know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's Bader Meinhof, yes. you know, like recency <laughs> illusion. Yes, possibly because I'm booking flights, so I think I'm I'm like, oh, I've, I've never seen adverts for flights <laughs> to Japan, and now I'm seeing them everywhere. But, but I don't know, I'm pretty certain that, that they're no. like push. You know, they're sort of a little bit of a push. Um, I think you're right because I think the country's wanting to get more and more tourism. Because again, it, it very much is the world's best kept secret, in my opinion, when it comes to. Mm. holiday destinations and they know it <laughs> yeah so they were like yeah let's push for people to come and visit mm. i think you're right so when you you mentioned earlier about sort of the you know language and stuff like that is that is it something that is much of an issue is it still an issue now or is it has it always been an issue um is it safe to go without learning too much japanese yeah i mean as long as you're not shy about the whole bumbling foreigner thing, which you might have to be, unfortunately, when you when you get there, you don't really need to speak any Japanese to be able to get by, especially if you're ending up in the big cities. Like so far, I visited three major cities in Tokyo, Osaka and Kyoto. And each one, because it gets frequented by, by foreigners so much, everything's in English mm. now. It wasn't as much back in 2008 when I first went, um, like when me and we and Ash arrived, like it was sort of like a, a struggle to understand what was going on. We had to kind of like mime our way through things. We had to use like a guidebook, phrasebook sort of thing to get through. But nowadays, like you're on a train in Tokyo and after the, the announcement for like what stop it is next or whatever, they have the exact same announcement mm. in English, you know, in an, Amer in an American voice. <laughs> you know, it's not even broken sort of like English with a Japanese speaker yeah. or something. You know, and every single sort of ATM you'll use or like um, ticket machine you'll use or something at a train station, they'll have an English version of it. Like you can press a button and it will turn it into complete yeah. English. For some reason as well, like every single street sign has like an English subtitle to it, which is odd. Like imagine that here in the UK, right? Imagine you're walking down in London and like below, I know, a street sign for where you want to go. It has it in yeah. French. 
you know, or, or, or it has it in Chinese. That's sort of what it's like when you go to Japan is that like everything's got English. Yeah. So it's kind of like so, if you go to um, Wales or something like that, where, you know, like all mm. the signs are in, are in Welsh and English. But what's interesting about it in Japan is that obviously Japanese is not really, you know, it's spoken a little bit more widely than Welsh. So it's still kind of interesting that you've then got it in, you know, you've got it both languages. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's 120 something million people that live in the country. Yeah. You know? So it's not like a small little country like Wales, which is like, what, maybe a couple of million. Um, yeah. So for sure, you're right. But you don't need to be able to speak Japanese, to be perfectly honest with you. But being able to speak a little bit does help. Yeah. And having sort of an understanding, especially of like the, I don't want, I want to make sure I'm using the word right, like the cadence of the way they speak. Yeah. I know it's hard to, hard to describe. Like you kind of just get a feel for what someone means by something by listening to like the way in which they say it. And you get kind of more and more used to that as you, as you're exposed to the language. Yeah. But you can get by no problem at all. The only downside to that is that you don't end up having much of an interaction with the the locals, which is Mm. a super big shame because they're such lovely people. But unfortunately, like English isn't a very widely spoken language in the country. Like, don't get me wrong. Everyone gets taught English in schools. It's part of the kind of curriculum in schools to, is to learn English. But obviously it's like how, curriculum in schools for us is to learn like French and yeah. German. Well, look at my French and German skills. <laughs> you know, yeah. So it, it's kind of difficult to be able to interact with people, which is definitely a draw because again, they're such lovely people. We had some wonderful experiences just on our very first trip, um, where we were walking down a street and it was quite. It was heavy rain. Like we weren't kind of prepared for the rain sort of thing. It just kind of came out of nowhere. But I mean, being British, what do you do when it starts raining? You just carry on, don't you? <laughs> but if it rains in Japan, you have an umbrella in your hand. It's it's basically a law, it seems. Um, you can't walk down a street with it even being lightly spitting and not see just a sea of umbrellas. So we're walking down and this old man looks at us quizzically and it kind of comes up to us and just, you know, thrusts this umbrella into our hands and says gift gift uh, we're like no 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 it's it's fine we're, we're british we don't care <laughs> and he, he wouldn't stop he, he insisted we have this umbrella now don't get me wrong like it would have been like a five quid umbrella if not less or something from like the local convenience store but we we, we almost like regret not being able to have talked to him more yeah um you know because we didn't have very you know very good language skills but it doesn't stop you at the same time if that's, that's kind of what i'm trying to get across here as well um yeah. is that it's not a barrier that can't just be overcome that you can enjoy it, but it yeah. does add to the experience. Makes sense. It's something actually you, you mentioned like um, about the ticket machines being in English and stuff, which I, I guess is super useful because you are undoubtedly going to make use of their public transport, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the common conception, I guess, is that, is that the way of saying it? Of Japanese transport being like, you know, super on time. I'm sure everyone's seen sort of like, you know, TV programs where like they visit Japan. It's like, oh yeah, it's exactly to the minute sort of thing. Yeah. That's not really an exaggeration, to be honest. Um, it, it, it's exactly correct. Like the trains, the buses, the subways, they all run exactly when they say they're going to run. Mm. And they're all really reasonably priced as well. Like maybe coming from a different country, you'd feel differently. They might be like, oh, actually they're quite expensive or like the normal price. But coming from the UK where public transport prices are obscene. Yeah. <laughs> and they are, aren't they? I mean, yeah, you ridiculous. travel to bloody London Particularly every day. Particularly the trains. Exactly. Right. Just to give us an example, the the very, no, the second time we went, where we visited Japan, you, when you go, you can get sort of like a prepaid sort of like IC card. 
to use to pay for like all your transport and stuff, like an Oyster card in London. And they're by far and away the easiest way of doing things because you don't have to worry about like you know what, what fare you have to buy, what tickets you have to buy. Which although they're in English, it's still not easy even if you, you can read it yeah <laughs> trying to work out what tickets to buy you just bip it and it just deducts a, a, a amount of money from your account and when we went we we, we charged this card up with ten thousand yen which at the time i think was about 70 pounds i think it's gone down a bit since and we were there for two weeks and we used this card to also get to and from the uh, airport as well yeah which is not close to Tokyo, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's one of the things that people forget is that the Tokyo airport isn't actually in the, even the prefecture of Tokyo. It's in the <laughs> next prefecture, um, which is the equivalent of like a county in the, in the UK. Yeah. And I think in total, we ended up spending maybe 12,000 yen at most. And we were using the transportation every single day. Like we were using the buses, we were using the subways, using the trains literally every day <laughs> to get around the city. And I think we probably spent like, 75 maybe 80 pounds at a push well that's nothing yeah you'd spend that on a train journey from like say manchester to london wouldn't you yeah in one go like one trip would be that just one way yeah (laughs) Uh, so so the public transport is super affordable and it's really easy to use as well if you've got if you ever had to work with sort of um transport maps say in like a big city like london or maybe like new york or something it'll be like reading the same sort of language kind of thing like it's it makes a lot of sense Mm. if you've never had to deal with that before it's a little bit intimidating because there's like lines everywhere and colors and everything try and work around but i mean nowadays especially even in 2017 not so much back when we first went but i mean smartphones with apps that just do the work for you you just type in where you are where you want to go and it says you get on this train at this point then you change at this station in three stops time and it's so easy yeah yeah and you're going to need it too. You're going to need to use the local public transport, uh, as we found out quite quickly. Like we sort of went there naively because I mean I'm a big I'm, I walk everywhere. Like uh, if I can walk to it, I will walk to it. Sort of thing. I, I'm yeah. not I'm not lazy when it comes to that. And we were like, oh no, we'll walk places. Like it's our city. How big can it be? Holy cow! Like, <laughs> you you cannot walk places in this city. Like we we were so blown away by how massive the place is mm. that it isn't possible to be able to just walk around. You'd be there all day just trying to get somewhere. Um, yeah. So being able to use public transport is super important, and you learn to you learn your local stops quite quickly as well, and you learn like the best ways of doing it too. Um, but just by being there and using it, you become more and more comfortable with it. And you'll yeah. miss it when you come home as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We did. Certainly that on-timeness oh, and everything being it's exactly brilliant. when it said it should be. I mean, the subways are, are, are definitely like that. But I mean, the Shinkansen, the bullet train, is by far and away the most extreme of that example. Mm. It says it'll turn up at like 9.57 a.m. And at 9.57 a.m., it finishes stopping at the station, you know. <laughs> it doesn't just pull into the station. That's when it finishes stopping so that you can then alight onto it, sorry, uh, you know, uh, get on board. Yeah. Oh, it's it's ridiculous how accurate it is. And just everything about it is so meticulous. That's a good mm. word for it, meticulous. So, and the bullet train is for is for getting to Kyoto, right? Which is something that you did on your first trip. Mm-hmm. And have you have you been on subsequent trips as well? We have, yeah. So the the Shinkansen, the bullet train, is sort of like their high speed rail network across the country. Uh, okay, yeah. So it doesn't just go from say one city to another; it goes to like most of the big cities. People use it in place of like domestic flights. Not because it's cheap, because it ain't cheaper at all. Flying is a lot cheaper than using the Shinkansen. It's surprisingly expensive, actually. Um, but it 
doesn't require any sort of the usual security checks to be able to get onto it. Yeah. And obviously you're in the middle of the city when you get on this train. It's just a train, you know, you get off and then yeah. you can take that. Rather than to like arrive at an airport and spend like an hour and after just getting from the airport to uh to wherever you're going, you know. Yeah, especially especially Tokyo where I mean I mean I guess the you've got the 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 airport that's a little bit more in yeah, Tokyo. That's right. They've got Haneda Airport, which is pretty much in the city. Um, like not not far just outside the city, but I mean Narita Airport, which is the the main international airport, is yeah, it's at least about a two hour drive from yeah. the city centre itself. So when you can just simply take a train into yeah. where you're going to, and then immediately get on the subway to go to the exact location, you know why wouldn't you sort of thing? You, going further afield is is not hard in in the country at all. I've only ever been further afield a couple of times. Like when we've been, we've we've always gone to Tokyo. And then we've gone to like another two, well, one or two cities instead, just because like Tokyo is sort of like a central hub almost. But we visited Kyoto and Osaka, and I'm really sad about the fact that I haven't visited more cities, to be honest with you. Mm. But it's so easy to get around if you do want to. Like the return costs of tickets are expensive, but they don't change in price, which is really nice. Like if you book it now or you book it on the day, it will be the same price, assuming yeah. there's availability. Um, unlike here in the UK, we have to book the train tickets, God knows how many months in advance to get them even reasonably priced. Yeah. But then equally so, um, they have options for things like the JR Rail Pass, which is only available to foreigners, at least it is until, up until like the time of recording, where you pay like a set amount of money. I don't know how much it is. I think it's quite expensive, like 160 quid or something, even not a, bit, a little bit more. But it gives you literally unlimited access to all the trains within the country that run on like wow. the JR network. And I'm sure someone's going to lie in the comments like, actually, no, I think you'll find it doesn't work on this particular train line, which I'm sure <laughs> is true. But for the most part, it lets you access the entire train network of the country. And it's yeah. such a good deal that only foreigners are allowed to buy it. Um, you know, you've yeah. got to present a foreign passport to be able to purchase it. And mm. that, if you wanted to go kind of further afield into maybe some of the smaller cities, you may want to go out into kind of like more of the rural areas. Uh, maybe you want to stay in Tokyo, but you want to go to other places throughout the country, throughout your trip. It's by far and away the best way to do it. Absolutely mm. the best way of doing it. It will save you so much money. And it's so easy as well. Like, it's not like getting on a flight and being knackered at the end of it. You just, you're on a train and you have some lunch and you walk off and you're there. Like, that's one of the things I think you're planning on doing, isn't it? Like, um, you're yeah. planning on sort of just using the Shinkansen to get to Kyoto and spend a day in Kyoto rather than it being, oh, our travel day. Because it isn't, doesn't need to be a travel day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're to, we, we've figured that while we're there, we may as well take the experience of, of taking the bullet train. Um, and yeah, exactly. It's like, it's such a short, despite the fact that you're going so far, it's such a short journey that you then have the time that you're there as well. It's not like, like you say, like taking a flight where you've got to get to the airport and get on the plane and get through security and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's just so, so simple and straightforward mm. in comparison. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Going back to, going back to Tokyo, what's, what are the sort of things that are not to miss, so to speak, when you Ooh, go? It's, it's a hard one, that, because it's one of those places I've been five or six times now, I forget, and every time I've been to Tokyo and I've always found new things to do, but also things I want to go back to do again. Like, for mm. me, I think the, the the big one for me when I very first went back in 2008 was I wanted to go to Akihabara, which is sort of like the kind of at the center of kind of gaming and anime culture so to speak yeah um it, it's like just a district or it's primarily a, a, one of the main streets but it's like the district surrounding that street as well and it's just 
almost exclusively sort of games and anime and stuff and uh, a lot of electronics as well that's where how it started out it started out as um uh, okay yeah it originally started out as a black market believe it or not after world war ii <laughs> for electronics things like radios and cabling and stuff yeah, and it still yeah. has a lot of that too like you wander around some of the more uh, back streety areas of, of the mm. district and you'll see like a lot of um, computer shops and radio shops and things like that but very much it's since i think it was the early 90s it, it's been very much taken over by sort of like nerd culture so to speak mm. but i mean that's just a site in itself if you're even remotely interested in kind of games and anime and stuff and we spent a lot of time there and a lot of money <laughs> but your other things as well like you got your, your your classic things to go and see like you got the shibuya crossing um which really is genuinely quite amazing to, to see both as part being part of it and also from like seeing it from above uh everyone's seen the famous shibuya crossing i'm sure on like you know movies and stuff where it's just a scramble across like i think it's seven different kind of like pavements from pavements sort mm. of thing um and that the whole kind of network of cars stop and let everyone pass and there's there's some really nice views of it from like cafes and stuff on the surrounding buildings and it's, it's just amazing to see everyone kind of flood across and then stop and then the cars flow yeah that's definitely worth seeing but for the most part, like, there's all the other tourist attractions for you to see. Like, you know, you've got things like Tokyo Tower and the Sky Tree, which are like big observation towers. You've got uh, Asakusa, which is sort of the, um, the temple area, the more cultural, like, old area of the city. Okay. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the way to enjoy a trip to Tokyo specifically, um, and Japan for the most part, I'd guess, is just go and wander and find the interesting things. Like... I, I found doing a little bit of research uh, like the day beforehand or the, the night beforehand is, is good to sort of get you in the right direction so you don't just kind of wander aimlessly. But once you're out and about, just enjoy it. Like mm. it's it's pretty much the safest country in the world, I'd say. I, I think that's mm. almost, I don't know, that might even be a fact. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> like I, I'm not, don't quote me on that one, but I, I, it's definitely one of the safest countries in the world. So you, you never have to worry about where you're going and what you're going to do. And Everything is so easy and hospitable that it, it's not intimidating in the slightest, regardless of the fact that it's everything's in Japanese. You know, you can just enjoy yourself. You really can. And the same goes true for the nightlife as well. Like if, if you want to sort of like be more of like a, a nightlife person going out for, for, for drinks and going to kind of clubs and stuff, you're covered there too. And again, as long as you're not like super naive and super stupid about it you can walk down some of the like really kind of i don't want to say seedy areas but the more like red lighty districts of the city and you're perfectly fine you're safe you know no one no one bats an eyelid at you walking by just don't buy like expensive drinks sort of thing is, <laughs> is the main advice there yeah but you'll find amazing things like we were the very first time and we, since i did some research on it realized what it was but we we were there in, in shinjuku because that's where we were staying and we wandered down um I think I think the Japanese word for it is a moida yokocho, which I think just means like a memory lane or kind of past lane or something like that. And it's a small sort of alleyway underneath the train tracks of Shinjuku Station, and it's just filled with what's called uh, izakaya, which are sort of like little bars, mm. um, and and they they fit maybe ten people in them each, maybe ten twenty people at most sort of thing, and they they just serve alcohol and sort of like grilled meats a different discussion and you just sit there in a smoky environment just enjoying some food and drinks and chatting with your friends and just everyone's having a good time and we came across this and and they're everywhere by the way this isn't just like just here like you can find them everywhere but we just happened to find this one uh because we were wandering around at night and it's just such a different experience to i think almost anything you could find here in in, in the uk or in the west 
Um, it was a really unique experience and it's worth going out at night just to see that and to see the neon and mm. to see the energy. Like it's one of those cases of the city that basically never sleeps, you know, like yeah. it's three or four in the morning and it's still bustling. Yeah. And on the subject of that, actually sort of talking about food and stuff. And you mentioned at the, at the start that like the food was a, as a big sort yeah, of it's true, actually. thing there. So what, what, um, what can you expect? Um, and what, and what, what in particular is, is, is your sort of highlight? Well, we when we went the first time, we were a little bit taken aback by this because we were worried that we were going to struggle with like menus and stuff. Mm. If especially true if you go to less foreigner friendly restaurants, which are maybe more highbrow as well, you would just get sort of like a page of Japanese without and that's it, which you can struggle with. But otherwise, you can eat some delicious foods at restaurants that don't cost you a fortune. And that often have English menus in the bigger cities as well, like Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka. And it's so easy and it's so diverse. And one of the things that we came across when we very first got there is because we were we were young, we weren't very confident, like we were, you know, we were a bit worried about things. But you can eat out so easily from without having to go to a restaurant. You sort of go to like a quasi fast food place. And yeah. I think this is totally something we're going to start seeing trickling into the West a bit more is you, you kind of, you go in and you go to a vending machine and you put your money in and you press a button and it gives you a ticket for what you want. And then you just give the ticket to the man at the counter and he just gets you your food. You know, mm. like you sit down at like a bar almost and he just gives you your food that way. And that was so easy for us as, as like Westerners without a clue of what we were trying to work. Because all our pictures which is well, that looks good. I'll just I'll have that. Yeah. You know? So you didn't have to worry about the whole going in, sitting down, trying to order a starter and a drink. And you, you can do that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's not possible. But it doesn't have to be this like intimidating process at all. Yeah. The food is so varied as well. Like obviously Japanese cuisine is a big part of the, of the culture and you can easily find loads of amazing Japanese restaurants, both like super expensive and super cheap. You can eat so cheap in Japan. Like it's unreal. But again, I think that's probably by comparison to the UK. Like I think yeah. a lot of countries go, actually, no, Japan's not that cheap. But here in, in the UK, no, it's, it's super cheap by comparison. <laughs> yeah. And you can just, there's so much variety as well. Like if you want English or you want Italian or you want American or, you know, Japanese or, or Thai or Chinese, anything, there's so much choice and it's all great quality. You know, like mm. I, I don't think I ever ate a bad restaurant. I think there's like places which are definitely designed to be fast food and not amazing quality, but nothing yeah. was bad. Nothing was bad. You know, I think, oh, I'm not having that. Yeah. What else? What else is there? What else is there to say um, as we as we approach the the close of the episode? Is there is there any particular? I could talk about this forever. I really could. Mm. And in the end, I've ended up having a bit more of a why Seth loves Japan episode rather than my first trip to Japan. I found <laughs> maybe I'll do another episode on like actual advice for for trip planning. I don't know. And obviously, all this just comes from my experiences. Mm. Uh, I'm sure other people have had very different experiences and very different sort of like recommendations and everything. But from what I've gone through, so to speak, with my first trip and then subsequent trips is just whatever holiday you're looking to have. It doesn't have to be a holiday. Whatever trip you're looking to have and maybe ends up taking you to Japan, you'll find something for you. I guarantee mm. it. It is the most welcoming place in the world. It really is. 
It has literally everything you could possibly want. The country is amazingly diverse as well. Like if you want to go skiing, yeah, you can go skiing in the mountains. If you want to go to a, like a white sand beach, yeah, you can do that in the south. No problem at all. If you want an urban exploration holiday, well, you've got the biggest city in the world. You know, if you want to go hiking through the mountains, well, like 70% of the landmass is mountainous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it can, it can honestly um, cater for any kind of trip you need. Uh, any Almost any price range as well. Like, it's it's amazing how cheaply you can do uh, a, a nice trip to Japan, um, mm. relatively speaking, obviously. Mm. And I just urge everybody that even has the remotely smallest idea of going, just just to just do it. Um, mm. Just go, and and I guarantee you won't regret it. Um, it is by far and away, as I'm sure you can tell from my rambling, my favorite, <laughs> most favorite place in the world. It really is. Nice. Do you have any sort of suggestions for other resources and things online to to look at? Yeah, to, I mean, to help plan your trip. One of the things that I found surprisingly useful actually was uh, more traditional guidebooks, because mm. that's one of the things that we relied upon very heavily on our first trip was was sort of like the guidebook that I bought from like I think it was like Waterstones or whatever, and it's surprisingly accurate and up to date and has some good advice. I think the people writing it are like people that maybe have lived there, so they actually understand the Japanese culture a bit more than just sort of like a typical Westerner would do. So they can make some good recommendations. Yeah. It's different now, but at the time in 2008, like there wasn't really any free Wi-Fi. Like getting on the internet was a case of you were in your hotel room and that was it sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas now, obviously, 2017, it's much easier. Although, weirdly, um, free Wi-Fi in Japan is very spotty. Like, some places have loads of it. Other places, you have to go to, like, a Starbucks or a McDonald's or something to be able to find free Wi-Fi. It's not mm. quite as, like, ubiquitous as you maybe imagine it would be uh, in such yeah. a techie country. But, the, yeah, so having a, a book to hand, like a guidebook with, like, maybe a map in it or something is, is super, super useful, um, weirdly enough. Google Maps is certainly your friend because you can sort of like plan your route, find out how best to get there, because it has like a very extensive um, sort of guide on the the transportation system. Yeah. Gives you an idea of what's in the local area as well, uh, which is really, really handy. So if you're like, I want to go to this thing, this area for this thing, and then go, oh, actually, well, two minutes down the road, there's, there's this awesome thing we can go and visit as well. Although beware, unless, you know, this has changed as of recording, you can't save Google Maps to offline mode in Japan for some reason. I don't know why. I tried to do it a couple of times now. Each time I've been, I've tried to like save a local area of the map on my phone so that I can access it just without having to go online. And it just says it's not available in this area. I was like, that's very strange. I wonder if that's uh, maybe a licensing, yeah. some, something to do with the maps and the licensing or something that means that they're not allowed to let you save the, yeah. the maps or something like that. I, I, I guess that's so. Interesting. Maybe like the, the maps themselves aren't owned by Google and they're like sourced from mm -hmm. another sort of like company um, yeah, or something. Know. I don't interesting. know. Other re useful resources. Think any any of the price comparison websites for like flights and hotels are both really really good too. Mm -hmm. um, like again, we we found some fantastic flights the very first time. It was like seven hundred pounds return for for JAL for Japanese Airlines, which is just one of the nicest airlines in the whole world. Like it really mm -hmm. is. Um, you know, like the, the the basic economy seats were like the equivalent of like almost first class on some some cases like mm. you had so much room and everything just came to you and it was all really lovely and i think that's mostly it and if you do have sort of like the time to maybe do some research or you maybe have like a foot in the door sort of thing with having someone there uh if you like you know someone there that's also super easy super useful as well like because having someone who kind of knows the area take you places uh, which you wouldn't otherwise be able to find because that's one of the most intimidating things I think is trying to find us some like maybe like a restaurant or something 
because all the signs are in Japanese as well, obviously. So you don't know what a place is generally. Like it'll just be some Japanese characters unless you can read. You have no idea what that place is. Even then you don't even know necessarily what kind of place is. It might just be the name of the place. You don't know what kind of restaurant it is inside. And that can be a bit intimidating when it's on the third floor of an apartment building. So you have to go into a building to go into where you want to go. You can't just see it from the outside. So we, we had that a couple of instances where we've had some friends sort of like show us around um, and go take, take us to places we wouldn't otherwise kind of be able to find on our own sort of thing. So if you can get your foot in the door there, that's certainly worthwhile too. Well, we've covered a lot in this episode, so uh, I think that's mm. just about everything. And Thank you, Seth. It's been really interesting and hopefully it has been for you as well, listener. I hope I've not been too rambling and, yeah, exposition dumping <laughs> i mean no no, no. It's, it's it's been fine definitely but if you uh have any questions or, or anything stories. that you get yeah, or stories uh anything mm. that you you know you want to know more about about japan or maybe something that we could talk about you know to do with it something that seth's touched upon that you'd like to hear a little bit more about mm-hmm. then uh you can get in touch with us you can email us our email address is show at octal.fm. Uh, you can tweet us. We're at octal.fm on Twitter. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook if you want to. Uh, we're facebook.com forward slash octal.fm. Um, but in the meantime, I've been Gelada. Uh, and I've been Sefran. And thank you for listening to me ramble on about my favorite place in the whole world. And catch us again for another episode of octal.fm. Very soon, I feel like I should have had a Japanese outro there. So, yeah, thank you very much. Excuse me, sorry, I was just burping. It's not what you want to hear on this episode, is it? (laughs) But when you get there, you're going to notice that you don't need English. But so you you don't need English. (laughs) I mean, just 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 mime and mumble everything. (laughs) Well done. Each bean das amazing or something. I don't know. Um, I'm sure that just butchered that. I don't know. know. yeah, we so, now no longer have any German listeners. Yeah, goodbye, <laughs> German listeners. Um, it's a shame. I love you too. Um, 